Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, holy Christ. Doesn't that sound like school has rock? It's like the bill got, had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the deficit. <laughs> Should you be drinking in front of me? But wait, he's doing that intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, Tim. That's right. He is. He's playing a role. He's being sarcasmic. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Ben Martin, how you doing in Knoxville? Wait, are we in 2008? 2008! Let's try that again. No, no, let's Five, keep that, Tim. <laughs> By the way, that's the intro right there. It'll, just be on, it'll be on the loop. First of all, I mean, two weeks ago, you uploaded the last week's thing, and now we're just getting, that's it. That's what, the, it's Gosh. 50 years of music. Repeat, 50, 50, 50 years Jeff, of music. Jeff, Jeff was like 50 years of technology with 50-year-old white guys. By the um, way, you know so why sorry, you you're confused about these dates because you were at home with your kid for a year and times <laughs> have any meaning. So it's 2008. It's the 2008 podcast. This I'll is go- the year you abandoned your children, right? Where you yeah, went back to work right. and started oh, drinking. Man. I'll go back to Ben Barton in Knoxville. I'm sure you're fine. Jeff Simons, Berkeley. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right, what are we going to say about today's uh, Oh, so you know, there's a running song. joke that your family cares about this podcast and mine doesn't, but I can... <laughs> Is that a joke? joke? I, yeah. Well, I know it's a running fact. <laughs> Tim, that that's tough, a fact. That's, that's what I was thinking. Anyway, okay. I was in the living room and uh, I was trying actually to remember whether it was 2007, 2008. So I went to the Music City Drive-In podcast homepage where you can Woo! find the podcast hit play and I'm just listening to remember what last week's conversation was. I listened for about 10 seconds. Uh-huh. News came in for the other room and uh, said, well, what the hell is that? I said, That's our podcast. She's like, ugh. So she has <laughs> no! walked through a room where the podcast was playing and that was intolerable. So the sound, the vague noise of it in the background drove her from the living room. So, that is uh, unbelievable. Wow, it's that bad. Who was talking, just to be precise, at the moment she walked in? Oh, surely in? me, Tim. Don't even ask, oh, it's, man. It's no, definitely worst, me. It was me. I was talking. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, there's two of you. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to 2008. 
This is the uh, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys podcast, and we're part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Go ahead and go to musiccitydrivein.com to get all your uh, podcasting needs taken care of. Okay. It is 2008, which means the third child was born, Flannery Plain. Named after Flannery O'Connor. Let's go real quick. The literary corner of our podcast. Favorite Flannery O'Connor short story, Jeff Simons. Uh, so mine is not a short story. It's the novel. I'm, I like Wise Blood best. Wise so Blood great. is my favorite Flannery O'Connor writing. And there's a killer movie of it directed by uh, John Huston, who later did a bunch of other movies that are famous. So there Excellent. You know. Someone plays Hazel Motes on film. I've yeah. never seen that. It's pretty huh. good. All right. Check it out, folks. Ben Barton, Flannery O'Connor, to you. So I'm not an English teacher, so I'll just go with a good man is hard to find. Hey. I know that's a chalk selection, but that's my favorite. And uh, Tim has eight true or false factual questions to ask <laughs> oh, you about yeah. that short story. <laughs> that's so cold. <laughs> it is going to be interesting because that's usually an eighth grade or ninth grade. Perfect for me. Right, in, right there. Right. It was a little challenging, but I got it. But my point is Flannery's going into eighth grade next year and she's going to read her first Flannery O'Connor short story. And she's going to be like, what the heck? Dude, that's uh, only an eighth grade story still in the South. I mean, there's no way. Flannery O'Connor is so No, it's so dark and weird. And, and uh, that, a West Coast kid <laughs> just has no patience for that Southern Gothic Boo Radley, like, shirtless drunk uncle sitting on a porch See, that's why i love it i mean wow i would not play out here at all oh that's fascinating yeah i oh. know it's funny yeah she's St fallen right off the shelf we used to teach her and i haven't i haven't taught Selena o'connor like still years. does well here in north carolina i would imagine all right well let's transition into oh, the i have one more thing i have to apologize oh. for um uh -oh. i got i actually got some hate mail related to the uh -oh. podcast because i've i've been asked publicly to to eat my garth brooks words after he ate hey uh, now he ate the uh amazing grace at the inauguration he didn't so eat amazing grace he, he would if it had been available <laughs> <laughs> he did have to look up from the all you can eat buffet at the golden corral to start like, singing. oh wait i'm on it's like when homer eats so, all the hot dogs before he becomes so, dead i'm sorry this is your apology <laughs> Look, all I want to say is I stand by my story, but I did sing along when he was like, come on, America, sing along with oh, me. All right. I guys. sang. I sang. I made my children sing. Ben, oh, did you sing? I did sing along. And yeah. I was moved. I was definitely I moved by it. And then he, then he hugged everybody maskless. Yeah. Like, there goes the whole administration. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I apologize to Garth Brooks for feeling like all he deserved is ridicule. That was good. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm done. He showed up. He sang. He reached out to America. He did. Good stuff. All right. Let's get to the Grammy winner of 2008. I wonder what... This is fascinating because we've been talking about Grammy winners and, oh, is this the last rock song that wins a Grammy? Um, no, no. We were talking about that with number one songs. The Grammys are on a 35-year lag, <laughs> man. True, I mean, like the Grammy winner next year is going to be like <laughs> a, a Deep Purple song. Like, I mean, they're really, really, really interesting. All right, let's see what you think of this particular song by this particular band. Go ahead, Jeff. It's the Grammy winner. 
Viva La Vida by Coldplay. time coldplay uh live in la vida loca what's it called it's called <laughs> that would be great it's called uh, viva la vida and it has the liberté egalité fraternity um painting on the cover so jeff Simes, i once called you when i was living in atlanta and i said i i don't get coldplay maybe i had moved here i don't know where i was but you said tim, i think it was last month <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> you said tim this is this is the next generation's U2. And they were for a while, and then they uh, they kind of lost the momentum. But, but what uh, do they have in common with U2? Oh, it's huge, repeating bass line, and it starts quiet, and then it gets really loud, and then it gets quiet again. Like, they Coldplay ripped off all of U2's moves. Like, it's a, a repetitive like really thumpy drum part with a big, loud, single note bass line. And instead of the cool edge guitar playing, they've got repeated keyboard figures like that are arpeggio, arpeggios over and over and over again so you can lock in real quick. And then Chris Martin's got a good voice and he soars he up above the top of it and then they bring it down the other side. Okay. I got bored of them. I really liked their second record more than I'm probably, I'm probably supposed to be more of a snob about them, but I liked Rush of Blood to the, head or whatever that oh, me too. i actually like them i like, I like this song. That. yeah i like this song too i i and i like the x and the record after this x and y had like a, at least four or five songs i liked i have not liked them lately i don't like post breakup too sad chris martin and i think he like he overcompensated for the sad by making much happier music and i liked it when he was kind of right in the right in the groove there of like a little bit um wistful but uh yeah, they're huge. So I'll give the triumph the insult, right? I'll give the triumph the insult comic dog take on it. Uh-huh. Hey, cold play. Maybe you should be cold sore. Back when you were UT, you <laughs> too. I liked you so much more. Somehow your song "Yellow" reminds me of P. I think because when it's over, it's a big relief to me. <laughs> well, that's yeah. You should have just started. That's the whole thing in eight seconds. Perfect. Uh, uh, I, I really like them. Dude, there's a, a song from last year called Guns. By oh, them. that song's great. It's yes. a minute and a half song, and it's fantastic. It's a minute and a half? That's it? Yeah, it's yeah. great. He's right, great. too. Huh. The best thing they've done in like a decade. It's so could good. They have, could they have stretched it out a little bit? No, it's perfect. It's a okay. really, really, really angry solo folk song about how there, there are too many guns, basically. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's get into so, some of the events of 2008. Check out your uh, your memories. See what you remember. In November, of course, Barack Obama is elected president. Do you all remember the the primary season? Oh, I remember it yeah. super vividly. And, I and got a how, really good story about it. Yeah, like he he wasn't supposed to be the guy. 
And so I'm, I'm wrong figure... all the time. I yeah, make a lot ahead. of bad predictions. Uh-huh. I watched the his announcement speech, and I was like, in, 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 in. <laughs> I was totally in on it. Okay. And I just rode hard for him from there to the end. We had these friends who have since moved to Colorado, a woman who's on the coll- a colleague of mine and the faculty and her husband, and they're like super extra mega liberal. And I got in a full-on meltdown fight with her husband because he was rooting for Kucinich because the eyes have it. And he okay. was out on Obama because Obama was a corporate shill that would make no difference for America. Okay. And I just laid in to this guy. And it oh, was yeah. like, you know, it was like, we, it was like a neighborhood thing. Like we had a bunch of families over and people were hanging out and drinking and stuff. And I, <laughs> oh, I like, no. I laid, like, it was like a fight where they're like, they'll pull me off the guy. Anyhow, oh, no. the night Obama got sworn in, I get a phone call from this guy. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I mean, like, like he's, he literally never calls me. I picked it up and he was like, I just wanted to apologize to you. You, you couldn't have been more right. Like this is a, it's a special night for America and I owe you an apology. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Did, did also, you apologize in return? No like, way. Yeah, things got no heated. way. No? <laughs> I, but I was in the right. <laughs> I was all in on Obama. I had friends like that as well. I had friends who were uh, who thought he was a centrist and uh, any, which he kind of was. But sure. I was like, I, I sure. do not care. Like this is the most charismatic politician of my entire lifetime. In all the right ways. And when he won and he and his family just kind of peeked out on stage at Grant Park, like, you know, that right after the announcement, they kind of like looked out and 120,000 people lost their mind. I started sobbing uncontrollably and didn't stop for like, <laughs> wow. Times. I'll never forget that. It's one of the most optimistic moments of my adult life. And then, and it's just stayed there. It has just stayed there. <laughs> just at high level of joy and uh, fulfillment. Uh, all right. Well, let me uh, <laughs> let me move on. Good stuff. Government. Uh, the United States government gives an okay to the production and marketing of foods derived from cloned animals. Did you know about that? No. Have you eaten a cloned animal? Probably. Recently? What about that burrito you just ate? <laughs> I know, right? Who knows what's in that? All I know, but when you say cloned animals, I just think of Dolly the yeah. sheep. That's all I think of. And uh, as far as I know, they did that. And they were like, all right, what else is on? But I'm sure it's happening <laughs> constantly all over the place. Yeah. I, have no, I have no idea. I might, I might want to look into this a little bit. Was that when Kentucky Fried Chicken changed their name to KFC because it was oh, I, no longer really chicken? Right, right. <laughs> All right. Um, a new segment uh, on the podcast. All right. Called What Are You Doing This Weekend? Because <laughs> in 2008, 11 hikers, climbers, die on K2, the, the world's second tallest mountain. 11. It, it was the worst uh, climbing um accident or d- day uh in k2's history um and and the 11 died in different circumstances but all kind of on the same climb they were an international group of uh of climbers oh and this isn't I, that year i mean because a lot more people than 11 died this is in one day this is one day right okay yeah and i'm trying to think of i have no desire to to climb k2 and i started thinking about the other things i have no desire to do and I wanted to put it out to the two of you in a segment called, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? 
do you want to go hang gliding? Jeff? I might be maybe on hang gliding. That looks fun. Ben? Eh. <laughs> okay. Is what somebody are you doing this? paying for it? Hang gliding is not something I will pay to do. No, no. Nobody wants to take it's going to be. It's going to be paid for. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe, yeah. I'm 52% yes on hang gliding. Okay. Also, Tim, keep in mind, my A job, I get paid to teach tort law, <laughs> which is the law of accidents. Yeah. And so yeah. I've actually written a case about hang gliding gone wrong. So oh, when right. I look at a hang glider, I'm like, well, that's not going to work out for anyone. <laughs> okay. I literally just did an entire case about bungee jumping. So don't start me on bungee jumping. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go bungee jumping? Ben? Listen, in the case that I had, a guy gets on the bungee jumping and they don't adjust the rubber band right, oh. and he lands on a guy in a jet ski. So no, I am not bungee jumping. <laughs> no. What a great twofer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they, you need people who know math up there with the bungee cords, right? No, yeah, and suffice to say, the carnies who run the bungee jumping operation are not good at math. They're all Ptolemaic geometry uh, experts. <laughs> I have no interest in bungee jumping. No way in hell am I doing that. Uh, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go parachuting? That I might do. Yeah, I might too, even though I'm terrified of heights. But uh-uh. I have three friends who are kind of hooked on it. And okay. they, I, their descriptions of it at lunch make it, make it sound pretty pretty cool. All right. Finally, what are you doing? No, I got two more. What are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go scuba diving? I have been scuba diving. It's, I think it's terrific. I love it. You're still in. Yeah. I I've done scuba great. diving, but I've done the snorkel. It's really fun. Okay. Snorkel safer. Good. Um, I, wait, wait, wait. Scuba diving, super unsafe. I mean, the scuba diving I did not super. Was- the whole, I like when I was a little kid, I saw a special uh, about the bends. And so oh, you don't want to walk too fast. I yeah. didn't go that far. I mean, you got to go down into. The, I mean, I'm talking like I went maybe 25 feet down. Next. All right. Finally, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to uh, free solo El Capitan? <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> no. Here, I, can we hold on? Can we start drinking first? Because that that would be a good precursor. That'll I have gone rock climbing, and rock climbing can be really, really fun. But I, I have a rope attached to me. Yes. So the free solo, the free. I don't want to do solo free. Well, I can no. think of one thing, but not too many others. <laughs> what? That was a lot right there, Jeff. That was not called for at all. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> You're the one who told the Kevin Garnett story last week. <laughs> Which, that was two weeks ago, went. first of all. And, and second of all, you're free soloing right now? That's not called for. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to bleep out his stupid cornflake story. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the number one hit of 2008. It's the number one hit. Low by Flo Rida, featuring T-Pain. <laughs> Oh, flow rider, right? Let me talk to you. Cause I get low. Let it rain. Let me talk to you. Come on.
good stuff. Great stuff. Those two uh, songs would work really well together. Medley. That's that's a mashup waiting to happen. The Coldplay and Flow yeah, Rider. Same, those same BPM. I mean, you could put that dun 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 da 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 right over that. Huh. What year was Yeah three times? That was like two years ago, right? Yeah. This is the exact same song. Same exact. There's like five years where all the songs are this. I know. Yeah. But that as being said, it didn't hurt my feelings. No. This song's great. Like <laughs> yeah. it's really, really, really funny. It's super cynical and obnoxious, but it's great. It's got T Pain. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm gonna name five films from 2008. You tell me which one was the highest grossing film in 2008. The Dark Knight, Mama Mia, Iron Man, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or Kung Fu Panda. Ooh, Jeff, what do you are think? Really good ones. Jeff, Mama, highest Mama grossing. Mia. They're they're all top ten. Mama Mia. Mama Mia from Jeff. Which Kung Fu Panda. Kung quick Fu quick Panda. note about Mama Mia. I love the fact that Meryl Streep did that movie. Oh, me too. And also, I, I think I've expressed this already. I've seen Mamma Mia 2 more than once. Believe <laughs> me, I've seen Mamma Mia. I dig it. Is that Cher? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's the Cher one. My uh, daughters love that that movie, and like, I can't say no. Like, I, I, I It's yeah, great. You're all in. All right. Uh, are you agreeing with him, Mamma Mia? No, grossing hell film? no. I said oh. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda was number three. Mamma Mia, I believe, was number four. Iron Man number seven. Indiana Once upon a Jones? time, there was an end to this conversation. I totally oh, messed up. I lost my wow. place. Uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones movie is one of the five worst movies I've ever. It's played. pretty bad. It's really bad. Second oh. second highest grossing film of two thousand eight. Uh, the Dark Knight takes. Oh, I, that's great. And by the way, that movie's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a capital G great. Yeah, that's the one with movie, Heinz Ward, right? No, no, that's the no, third one. No, that's, that's Bane, Dark Knight which Rises. I have, I, that, I have major issues with that one. No <laughs> way, that one's amazing too. I use it all the time. I actually, did like when George's making fun of me, I'm uh -huh. like, you have merely adopted the dark. <laughs> I was born into it. <laughs> that's great. This is my imitation of Bane in that movie. Ready? Ha, 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 ha. I turned to Fred. What'd he say? <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. did he say another thing? <laughs> the only time I understood what he said was when he was at Heinz Field speaking into the megaphone. Yeah, yeah. Our name is Bane and I'm the bad guy. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> and he stopped talking and I was like, no, no, no. Go back to the megaphone. I have no idea what the hell is going on. Uh, First of all, Jeff, you do not understand the artistry of Bane at all. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, the fact that you're so attached to understanding yeah. what he's saying shows you don't get it at all. Two things about that movie I hated. One was Bane's voice all the way through. And the second is every time they got on that fancy motorcycle, it was clear it was going about 11 miles an hour. And there were four people holding it up on one side and they just sped up the action. That was the most ridiculous. Like, it was like, let's turn. I mean, that was just like, give me a break. All but yeah, right. Dark Knight is the Joker movie. And yeah, then, and it's so, really good. It's a little bit of a disturbing performance, especially given what happened to the given guy later. Happens, but it's it's right. a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, his performance is unbelievable. But Indiana uh, Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is, terrible. A, is AI bad. I mean, AI bad. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. Um, you know, what was good was the uh, Summer Olympics in. Oh, 
I don't know if I know. 2008? Oh, dear. Don't know. So you're just 20th century Olympics. I'm a 20th century Olympics. <laughs> okay, just clarif clarifying. It was in Beijing. Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. That's the bird's nest, huh? The opening ceremonies. That's what I remember is the opening ceremonies. I remember seeing that opening ceremonies and saying, we have no chance. Yeah. Like this country is so much more organized than we will ever be. That the uh, the organization of that um, of that dance with seven thousand people right. doing the exact same thing was that was breathtaking. But we're coordinating the vaccination rollout pretty pretty okay. So um, also in two thousand eight, tomato clamato. <laughs> a little company in Sweden begins. Can you name the company that begins in 2008 in Sweden? Not Ikea. No. And not Lego. Spotify. Oh, oh, yeah. What's the difference between Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes? Go. Uh, Spotify is way more popular than all those other ones. And Pandora uh, curates its music library, so it's not a free-for-all. Anybody who wants in gets in. And uh, Spotify pays least well of all of them to the. Oh, others. is that true? Really interesting. Yeah, it's three one thousandth of a cent per stream. When you when you put your album up on Spotify, do you get to um, check out the listeners and you get yeah. the breakdown and all that? Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, it's great. But what's the pay? Three one thousandth of a cent per stream. Okay, that's. That doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, here, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> Three one thousand. As of today, dear uh -huh. listeners, your boy has uh, has brought in $17.41. Okay. But if and I... You just ate it in that burrito. <laughs> no, this is, this is from the so cheap place. Let me, let me ask you a question. If I create a playlist... Yes. ...with, like, your song, Kiss Me... A thousand times and push play and go to bed. Yeah. yeah. Am, I earning, am I earning you money? You're, you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> yes. If everybody listening to my voice would put my record on repeat and go to bed, I would, that would, that would raise my national profile like you couldn't even imagine. No, when Jeff uh, will know this, they're actually Romanian. They had to break it, like yeah. Spotify figured out, but there's like a Romanian Spotify farm oh. that created a two-minute electronic thing that was just noise and yep. then just created bots to listen to it. And basically, if it's a short enough time over 24 hours, you can actually make money doing it. Yep. Which is like that explains a lot about our current existence. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> But I'm under incredible pressure wow. to my Spotify numbers. Like every blog or reviewer I talk to is like, yeah, call us back when you get over this number. Okay. So, so dear listeners, Ru help, me, yeah. help me. Game that system, baby. Get it. Follow, get it. Follow, play, repeat. <clears throat> well, it's interesting uh, that we're talking about trying to get certain songs a lot of play because I am going to go to a 2008 pop quiz with all of you uh -oh. with certain songs that have gotten a lot of play since 2008. And the game is you have to name the title of the song, not the artist, name the title of the song before your competitor who lives across the country from you. Oh. See? 
That's not my name by the Ting Tings? I'm 0 for 1. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> All right, one Can't nothing. Help you. All right, here we go. Oh, I got it. Go. Got it. That's uh, the guy do redoing um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow on the ukulele. No. <laughs> sure is, though. Well, are you done, no. done me in your bed? Oh, I felt no, I don't say it. I'm going to get this. But you so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back Bruno Mars. The cool done run. Oh my god, you guys are so Jason Mraz. Oh, Jason Mraz. Okay. It's called Bruno I'm Mars. Yours, and I cannot believe um I cannot believe that he got he didn't get sued by Judy Garland's estate because that is somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow. And it's exactly like the the guy who does it uh, on the ukulele. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're moving on. Remember, you're not naming the artist, you're naming the title of the song. Here we go. Well, this is Taylor Swift. Ah, uh, this is Taylor. A love story. All right, we finally have points on the board. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't what? believe we didn't choose our song, which I would have gotten two notes. But yeah, all right, here we our go. song is the biggest hit off that record, by the way. That's the wrong. You chose the wrong one. How's our song? Oh, God. Just, just relax. Uh, all right, we're gonna uh, keep going. You? Good we're here bad. We go. Here we go. Da, 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 da. The smell of your skin lingers on me. <laughs> Is this a copper tone ad? Alright, next one. Seriously, All right. that was Fergie with Big Girls oh. Don't Cry. That's a terrible Fergie selection. Where were you? You guys are having bridge? trouble. Like, you stink. That's this that's is... not that's like the 18th best Fergie song. It's called a pop quiz. We're going with pop hit songs here I, we go i'm telling you that fergie has multiple awesome songs which of which that is not one we have three left i came to dance 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 i hit the floor because that's my plans 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 i'm wearing all my favorite brands 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 give me some space for both my hands 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 you you because it goes on and on and on and on and on on and on and on it's called dynamite oh my god you guys are terrible here we oh, go io cruise yep i did know that one actually Okay, it's it's called Pocket Full of Sunshine. All right, it's one nothing going into the final song. I get a half point for Tayo Cruz. I came up with the guy Why who did Diamond. Pop Hits, 2008. Stop, Hey Soul Sister Train. 
All right, one and a half to one. I won that one. That was good. <laughs> hey, Soul Sister by Train. Huge hit from 2008. Uh, Jeff Simons, I'm proud of you coming through with that last one. Man. The buzzer beater. That was rough. That was rough. Holy cow. That was not good. Can we go we back to 1976 Olympic trivia? <laughs> that one hurt. We're just not listening. At least, to the at least it's not a music podcast. We're so. not listening to the radio a lot in 2008. Do you know what the number one hit song in America is right now in 2021? No clue whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Oh, well, I'm sure it's pretty good. We'll cover it in 2030. All right, let's get to our three songs. Our three songs. Ben, you're first. All right. This is uh, Jeff's chance to get revenge. It's uh -oh. my understanding he does uh -oh. not like this band and that he does not like this song. Oh, dear. Uh, late 1990s. Tunde Adabempe, who's a Nigerian immigrant, moves from Pittsburgh to New York. He goes to NYU Film School. He stars in a movie in 2001 from one of his classmates. He's really into animation. He's actually one of the animators on MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch. And he's like another one of these classic John Lennon guys uh, where he's like in art school and doing all these different things at the same time. Moves into Williamsburg when he graduates college. And at this time, Williamsburg, Brooklyn is like this like sparkling example of artistic tumult. Like there's a bunch of rich people moving in there. I grew up in Brooklyn. I basically left in 1987 when I went to college. People will ask me what my memories of Williamsburg were. And I was, Williamsburg is the neighborhood that's on the river in between the Williamsburg Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. And they'd be like, do you have any memories of that? I was like, oh, I have a really vivid memory. In 1986, I took the wrong turn off the Williamsburg Bridge and I was lost. And I it was like a barren wasteland yeah. of weird, empty warehouses. That's my memory of Williamsburg. They're like, there yeah. weren't a lot of hip clubs. I was like, oh no, there were no, no hip clubs in Williamsburg. We, we didn't even have cable. So right, totally. So I mean, so so now at this point in the late '90s, is getting to be a pretty cool place. Tunde's living there, and he's got a roommate, Dave Sitek, and they're both like these weird artsy dudes, and they put together their own four track, and they record a record, not OK Computer, OK Calculator, and it's a 15 track. And I mean, basically, if you really, really, really like TV on the radio, there's half of the tracks you'll like. Even if you're like, I'm, I'm a TV on the radio fan, I can't say they're my favorite band of the 2000s. I freaking love this band. Half of it's just unlistenable crap. There's like long parts where robots are speaking. There's a whole song dedicated to robot sex on this record. They cut 150 CDs. And then they plant them around town at clubs in the hope that they'll get signed. And it works. So they get signed to a four-song EP called Young Liars. Hilarious story. Dave Sitek, he's the producer the whole way. And it's this beautiful, like, New York artistic story. And it's a great, like, multiracial story. Like, Dave Sitek's a white guy. And Tunde's an African-American, or, or really an African guy. 
Um, everybody else they add to the band is African-American. And they have this beautiful blend where like, having, I've seen them live a couple of times. And every time you see them live, you're like, oh, this, this American experiment, like it might actually work. Like, look, look, here it is right in front of us. So when they put out Young Liars, they asked Sitek what he was thinking with the EP. And he was like, oh, well, I had gotten hired to do the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record as a producer. And I didn't know how to use Pro Tools. So I was like, I should make my own record. So I learned how to use Pro Tools. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dave, helpful safety tip. Before you produce another person's record, maybe learn how to do it. Um, that record comes out. That's a medium hit. Then they do Desperate Youth. That's an even bigger hit. Then they do Return to Cookie Mountain. That's like the you know, uh, Pitchfork's record of the year. And then 2008 is Dear Science. And that's a massive, or, or let me restate that. It sells 200,000 records. It's not a massive hit. It's a gigantic uh, um, critical hit. Like the critics love it. It's the pop and jazz one record of the year. It's record of the year, Rolling Stone. Everybody loves this record, including your guy, Ben Barton. Um, I think they're fantastic. I'm going to tell one more story about the band, then I'm going to tell two personal stories, and then I'm going to play, then Jeff's going to play the song. All right. First, I saw them at the Bijou Theater in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the beginning of this tour in 2008. Tim, you will definitely get this. Jeff won't because he lives in San Francisco. I The, the bulk of the music that I see is either at Bonnaroo or yeah. live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. And it really stands out when a band comes to Knoxville, Tennessee on a Monday night and blows the doors off. Yeah. When you, when I see that, I'm like, Oh, this is a good touring act. You know what I mean? No yeah. one comes to Knoxville and is like, I can't wait to wow those folks. You know <laughs> I mean? And I've seen some rather desultory performances and I won't name names, but when you go to a show at the Bijou and the band loses their minds, you're, I'm, I was like, Oh, you're I, in. I couldn't believe right. how good they were. The, band tours with a saxophonist and when you hear this the music they've always got like a whole bunch of horns and then stuff they got a bunch of repeating loops they've got drums they've got these beautiful harmonies the bijou theater is uh original theater from before amplification so it's like uh i was on the board there so I'll, i got i should give that that disclaimer but it's one of the most beautiful sounding theaters in the u.s and around the world like it's amazing you can stand on the stage and snap and hear it all the way in the back anyhow you can get from the stage to the side balconies and the saxophonist in the encore comes out on the side balcony to my buddy, Scott Schimmel, knocks him over and is standing on the balcony playing his saxophone. Wow. So amazing. <laughs> they were so freaking good. I couldn't believe it. Uh, saw them again at Bonnaroo. Loved it. So here's the personal note about this particular song. So this song is Halfway Home. In 2006, I think. I ran the Knoxville marathon in 2007. I'm training for the New York marathon. And what at the time appeared to be a tragedy, I hurt my knee mm -hmm. and then I had to stop training and then I had surgery and then I couldn't run. I couldn't play basketball. Like it really knocked me out for nine months. And okay. I, I was really sad about it. Um, and it's a, as a, as a podcaster, 50 year old man, you'll get this. Like that, that sucks. Like I, I was yeah. training really hard and I was super sad to get hurt. So, and I had the surgery, it didn't work. I picked up a change in my uh, athletic endeavors. I picked up yoga and I picked up swimming. And then I eventually was able to go back to running. And then I was eventually able to go back to playing basketball. 
but in particular, the yoga was really, really, really powerful for me. And I started slow. I started at the Y and then I went to a fancier place. Then eventually I had my own routine and I created my own yoga playlist. And this song halfway home was the first song. And so it's actually like the third, like in the iTunes era on my phone, this uh-huh. is the third most listened to song on uh, my phone. That's so cool. I've heard it a million times. And the reason why is I always played it at the beginning of my yoga practice. And uh, it's completely attached to that. As soon as Jeff hits the first notes, I'm going to be like, oh, I should be stretching right now. Like, I should be getting <laughs> into the mood for it. Um, it's a five and a half minute song. It builds and builds and builds. Jeff can just play the first minute of it. You won't even get the full thing. There's a chorus and a bridge and a chorus and a whole other thing, but you'll get the flavor for it. Here's what I love. It's a guitar based band. I love the crazy harmonies and I love how like weirdly atonal and jagged they are. They completely describe what's going to happen to what's left of rock music in this decade and the next decade. Jeff, take me halfway home. Halfway home by TV on the radio. What do you think, man? I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna dunk on TV on the radio. There's nothing to dunk on. There. I, I wish that my my number one complaint. The reason I I like and don't love this band is that they never. I feel like they never open it all the way up. How can that song not go to the two and the four? It's always do 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 do. Oh, it gets faster yeah. at the end when they bit. get to the halfway home part. They pick it up. They pick it up. But there's so many TV and the radio songs where the beat is so chopped up on that. I know that's intentional and and it's cool. But I listen to a TV on the radio record and I'm always like, I, I feel like it's a clenched fist that never quite goes unrestrained. And that's my thing with rock music. I like when it gets a little out of control and speeds up a little bit too much and everybody's playing a little too hard. Um, and this band uh, is remarkable in its control, restraint, and ability to replicate that very complicated groove over and over and over again, both on tape and live. And uh, I totally admire it. And I like them more than I used to. And it's just uh, the only thing holding me back is that I never feel like they they never quite just th- open the throttle. I mean, it's weird. the tank. It's weird, though. That's a weird sounding song. I dig it. 
I, I'm not familiar with them at all, Ben. I've never heard that song uh, in my life. I thought it was I thought it was really cool. On the plus side, to, to, and I know, Ben, this is going to be a big part of Ben's argument. Um, one of the bands that most admires TV on the radio and plays one of their songs every three or four nights is Fish. So obviously, oh, do they really? If, uh, you know, Fish. I'm just, I'm just winding up, Ben. Yeah, they play Golden Age from the same record uh, a lot. They open their second set with it like every five nights and have their version is great too. It, really it is, is good. It is pretty good. Wait, Ben, do you not like Fish? I don't, I don't get the. I don't uh, like Fish, but I do like. The, I, actually, I mean, I mixed on. I mixed the, the out on Fish. I'm okay. out that's on, a separate. That's a separate standalone podcast sure. fight. We'll do. What do we yeah. do with Fish? That could be a side sidebar at some okay point. okay but, um the other thing is if you love this band <laughs> the um demos tone day's demos are crazy is that like right the, 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 bah, 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 bah. he'll have a demo with a fortech with him making all the noises with his mouth oh that's awesome huh. it's crazy so it'll be like him doing the bah, 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 and then it'll be like dum, 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 for the drum beat it's beautiful you now, know that just, reminds me of ben is the dirty projectors in terms of like the control and the precision and uh, the you're really hurting quality. my feelings this band is a thousand times better than dirty projectors. oh i agree sure. with you but don't you feel like the guy from the dirty projectors has the same kind of like he sees it all at once and every little every little piece fits together the way he wants it to i don't know man i mean basically it's hard for me to, i can't respond to that because i like this band so much more okay. well I, and, and i mean i'm like over the moon on them like I, every song in this record's great uh, there's the, I, I mean, I can count more songs. I, I that like more, there's hardly any songs I don't like. Like, All I mean, right. I can count on fingers and toes the songs that I don't like. TV on the radio. So I need to make a TV on the radio playlist or listen to an album. What was the one that you said the critics loved? What was that called? Dear Science. Yeah, but there will be Dear another Science. TV on the radio song. And if, if we could choose, if I had unlimited bandwidth, I would choose another one. Like this record's great. The record that comes after it's great. The record that comes in 2014, Seeds is just sick. Like they're all great. Seeds is really good. I'm with him well, on that. It's my I, favorite. I, I tell you why I like TV on the radio because they have once again given this podcast license to talk about our physical ailments. Because oh, he brought up his knee. We're I, in. Was, I was gonna. I, I'm. Ta- I was gonna take it totally easy. Thank you, Tim. Although I Tim was bringing brings up- that up because it's turned out to be a blessing for me. <laughs> it's a blessing. Yeah, it is funny. It's a very different kind of of uh, humble brag ailment. Like I injured myself while training for the marathon. Like it's that second <laughs> piece that was really the piece that mattered. Hey, listen, we're I strained all- a muscle going to the bathroom. Is is more what Tim was leading us <laughs> we're, towards. Uh, we're all fifty year old white guys. Uh, raise your hand if you've done yoga. I've done. Are you kidding? Uh, raise your hand if you've done uh, meditation. By the way, the raising hand really works well on the uh, on the radio. I'm just saying. It, By the way, I did yoga this week. Like yeah. George and I do yoga like twice a week. It's amazing. But it, it, imagine telling yourself that when you were 15. Hey, one day you're gonna do yoga. There's no way. So first of all, listen. When I was 15, the 15 year old Ben Martin would be like, 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 are you having sex with the people? Like, is right. that what you're talking about? And <laughs> I would be like, no, no, well, no. It's just, it's just exercise. Well, and he'd be like, exercise. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, totally. He's like, by yoga, do you mean like tantra? Because I hear good things about that. And I'd be like, no, nope, sorry to report. <laughs> Oh my God. All right, so moving right along, Jeff Simons. Uh, what do you got? Uh, this was a hard year for me because uh, it should be I should do a hold steady song, but we so completely and utterly covered the whole steady. Uh, I'm not going to repeat. And then uh, every other 
song that was in play is something that we have already talked about or is a band I'm going to do later. So I've got a total left field song that I didn't love at the time, um, but have fallen in love with since then. So um, every once in a while, not very often, you go to a show and the opening act is really, really good, right? Most opening acts, first of all, it's tough to be the opening act. They only let you use 50% of the PA power. You probably aren't playing your regular gear. You're playing in front of the other band's stuff. You only get 35 minutes. They didn't feed you. But take it from personal experience. Like <laughs> it's not a situation that's set up to bring out your best, right? Every once in a while you go to a show, I'm like, hey, that opening band was pretty good. Every once in a while you go to a show, you see an opening band, you're like, well, I got to go home and buy all that band's music. I mean, one out of 50 shows, the opening band is like, like, you know, like attention grabbing. Um, so this is an example of that. I went to see Wilco at the Greek theater in Berkeley on back-to-back -back nights. And they, uh, it was, you know, they were terrific. It's a beautiful outdoor amphitheater at like a Grecian stone built into a hillside. You can see the both bridges from the upper decks. It's amazing. Um, but the opening band was a band named Ockerville River, um, which I had been vaguely aware of as another one of these kind of indie rock collectives. Like, you know, I was lumping them in in my head with the Decemberists and later Fleet Foxes and Arcade Fire. Like, I knew there was a central guy, his name's Will Sheff at the, at the controls. And then there was a rotating cast of people. And I, and I had checked out their first record and I didn't like it. I thought it was like, it wasn't recorded very well. Uh, but they put out back-to-back -back records in 2008. One, the first one's called The Stand-Ins. Uh, and the second one, which is what this rec song is from, well, this one's called The Stand-Ins. Then there was one before that called The Stage Names. And it's, it's two records about how hard it is to hold a band together. And I'm a sucker for music about music. I'm a sucker for rock music about the art of making rock music. Like, that's Wilco's being there. There are a lot, you know, there are a lot of great, it's a long history of rock musicians fascinated with their own creation of their music. So that this has that for it or against it, depending on how you feel. But I had I had I had kind of half listened to the stage hands. But when Ockerville River opened for Wilco, they put it, they they played for almost an hour and they were great. I mean, they had it was the best incantation of this group. Everyone could play, and they were they raised a racket. And as soon as the set was over, like I, you know, I typed in my phone, like, go home and illegally download all Ockerville River, which I did. <laughs> and uh, the stage names is a good record. The stand-ins is a good record. I, this is not me saying, like, you should go run out and buy Ockerville River. They do, they are held a little bit back by a certain sameness of approach. Chef, I appreciate his self-mythology, but I also find it a little bit over the top at times. But for me, like if you if you like this song, they're worth checking out. And this is the quintessential Ockerville River tune for me. It's a song called Lost Coastlines. All right. It sounds like it's a, a song about uh, being a sailor and being on a ship. It's got all the shipwreck and waves and leaving people at port. It's a song about being a touring band, right? It's a song about how hard it is to keep seven people fed and clothed and happy <laughs> and not killing each other while you tour the country and slowly, slowly, slowly try to establish yourself at, you know, at the, at the level that they were at, right. Opening for Wilco is obviously a big gig, but the next night they're playing 250 seaters. Right. Right. And they're a big band 
with lots of equipment. And I've been in that big van with lots of equipment in a van and trailer. And it is an exhausting, it's a tiring job. It sounds like it'd be really fun. And it is, but it's also like you get up, you drive 500 miles, you get out, you unload 2000 pounds of gear. You play at high octane for 40 minutes. You get yourself all worked up and adrenaline sweaty. And then you pack it all down, you pack it in a van, and then you might drive another 300 miles before you sleep on a couch. Like it's, it's hard to do. And so I, when I hear Lost Coast, let's go, it, let's it do it. Let's me take back in the band <laughs> with the Rich Price band in 2005. Um, but it's also just a great example of a, it's a great arrangement. It's shambolic. You know, it sounds like they could have come up with it all on the spot, like instruments kind of join one at a time and they're all playing the hell out of them. But it's off. It's really well put together. Um, and it's just a, it's a great rock song about rock music. Lost Coastlines by Oakerville River. River. <laughs> in my hand I'm thinking wish I didn't hand it in cause who said sailing is fine leaving behind all the faces that I might replace if I tried on that long ride looking deep inside but I don't want to look so deep inside yeah sit down sit down on the prow to Plain song. I mean, it's, right? It's right up your alley, brother. Those Aquaville are my people. River. Yeah. Golly. Ben, what do you think? Do you like them? I like them okay. And I was actually trying to figure out why I don't like why, why I thought I didn't like them. I like the sound of that song. I don't remember yeah. ever hearing that song. Dude, I saw them in 2009 at Bonnaroo. Uh huh. Um, and they were Sunday at 4 30 in the other tent. And Jeff will know what that means. Tough. Tough, and tough gig. Dude, that the 2009 Bonnaroo. I'm just looking at the the lineup here, like uh, that. That was the first time I saw Bon Iver live, and I that was a life changing experience. He was so okay. freaking good that year. Um, that same day, you had the Decembrists and Elvis Costello solo and Jenny Lewis, for you, my friend, hey now. of Montreal, played oh. that day. Um, I mean, Oakerville River was like the the tenth best thing I saw, and that, right. I don't mean that like no that, no that's, yeah. that's good, but I mean like. That, like I, I always put them in the B list. Tough area. competition, right? Santa Gold played that year. Oh, this is the Ted Leo and the Pharmacist year too. Yeah, he played yeah. Ted Leo was two acts before that in the other ten. Yeah, Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'm not, 
I'm not a big fan of the band as a whole, but there's but that the, song. this year and that song is pretty great. I also appreciate that. Um, so Bandcamp is a really important website for guys like me. You can put your music up for free. They, they are by far and away the most generous of all the independent music sellers. We get a lot of our money back from Bandcamp and they're uh -huh. super supportive. And Ockerville River uses their Bandcamp page really smartly. Like they've released 15 to 20 collections of b-sides and demos and live records and and uh the mixtapes they made for themselves of their own demos for one another on the road and he sells short stories and and uh it's super generous like if you're an Ockerville river fan will chef pretty much opened up like the cupboard of his uh dresser and was like here have have at it yeah. and they're all super reasonably priced and so like i i think he he takes the relationship he has with his super fans really seriously and generously. And I admire that a lot. Yeah. Where's he from? Uh, he's from New Hampshire, but hey. was formed in Austin, Texas. And so okay. I think he's I'm been in. centered out of Austin, Texas since the band started, but he's, uh, and the, the tons of the imagery is new England. Like there's just tons of, uh, Thorovian, Emersonian descriptions of what of the landscape. So. What, what's funny is you're talking about traveling with a band. I remember you, you and uh, Rich Price pulling into Atlanta, and you're in that big van, pulling all your equipment, and you're you're playing. I think at uh, Sam Smith's. Yep. And Rich is for like, Rich's price is like a ten dollar ticket, but the bar decided to have a a dude with a guitar for free downstairs. Yeah. And you guys yeah. went upstairs for your for your gig, but people who are going out to see live music that night were like, "Oh, well, I'll just take the free show downstairs." That hurt a little. That happened all the whole way across country. Yeah, I, I mean, so that the show you played in Atlanta was literally for seven people. Yeah, there was a lot of that. That I mean, we were we played for nobody in Park City. Did I mean, you literally like? And they made us play. They made us play the full forty-five. And we played to an for empty nobody. Room. Yeah. What? <laughs> we did all. I mean, is uh, Rich is Rich still looking out towards the pretend audience? Oh, we just... had actually the. <laughs> if you don't mind, the funniest moment was you played Boise, Idaho, and you know it's it's summertime when we get to uh -huh. Boise, so it's it's light until like midnight, right? So we go on at nine, and it's like the middle of the day. Like people are just starting to eat dinner, and they're just starting to fill up. There's there's one paying customer in the front and uh -huh. then it's the wait staff and rich um rich got a sudden attack of the montezuma's revenge from his oh, dinner no. like don't start i i gotta i gotta so as soon as he left for the bathroom i was like all right let's do this and we cued the first song and i gave him like the springsteen introducing clarence clemens introduction like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen what the and I was like, nobody there, right? And I'm screaming so loud, you can hear me out in the street. And I'm like, coming to the stage! The of disaster! And I know he's in the bathroom hearing me do this and frantically trying to... to oh, uh, man. That's we, just me. We, I went on for like three minutes until he comes sprinting. He comes out of the bathroom like the color of a red delicious apple. Like, I thought he was going to walk right up on stage and beat the hell out of me, but... <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. That is it's funny. a long way to the top, my friend. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. That's All right. right. Well, I'm going to go with a singer-songwriter who has probably played uh, a number of small shows himself, uh, hailing from Texas. Do you all know uh, Hayes Carl? 
crickets. All right. Headed to YouTube. But he, he sings a song called, uh, probably his most famous song was uh, She Left Me for Jesus. Have you heard that song? It is the one YouTube wants me to keep typing. <laughs> but that's not the one you're choosing. That is not the one I'm choosing. I am a but I was worried you were going too mainstream. <laughs> Listen, we're talking shit, but you've been on fire lately. Like you you you've established some cred. I'm keeping an open mind here. Well, the family wants me to choose the Ting Tings. That's not her name, but I won't do that. I'm sticking with uh the romantic wandering soul of Hayes Carl singing Beaumont. Beaumont by Hayes Carl, but it should have been the Ting Tings. I saw you leaning on a memory With your back turned to the crowd In that little bar on Murphy Where they play guitar too loud There were people drinking whiskey There were hearts about to leave It was cold as hell for Houston It was almost near sea all the way from Beaumont With a white rose in my hand I could not wait forever, babe I hope you understand All the night was feeling lucky So I asked you to dance And the way you looked up at me Made me think I had a chance when I put my arms around you, I knew you weren't giving in. I hope it will be different if I pass this way again. All the way from Beaumont, with a white rose in my hand, I could not wait for So, if you don't know Hayes Carl, give him a chance. I mean, you guys like Towns Van Zant, right? I was going to say, this has... Uh... Yeah, it has uh, it's classic folk country intersection. Telling a little story, super well played, total control and mastery of verse, chorus, verse, good voice, nothing, nothing to Ben, dunk ben on Barton here. once once claimed he was a medium country fan. Yeah. And here's uh, what I'll say about this. This isn't um, country though. Would you would you agree, Ben? Oh no? yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so, um, well, so Western this reminds me of stand up comedy <laughs> country in and the Western? following way. Oh, <laughs> this he's about to, he's about to shit the very play best the card. stand up comedian. You're like, oh, this is amazing, like, like Eddie Murphy or yeah, that's sure. my personal favorite, Dave Chappelle. You're like, I can't believe that everyone's not this funny. And then you watch the fifth best stand up comedian and you're like, that was pretty funny. And then you go see the 10th best stand-up comedian and you're like, well, I'm losing a little bit of steam here. Uh-huh. And basically like this actually reminded me a lot of a guy I like James McMurtry. Yep. Um, yeah, so sure. It's McMurtry's uh, whatever. I can't remember this dad's name, but the guy who wrote Lonesome Dove. Larry McMurtry. Yeah, Larry yeah, sure. McMurtry wrote Lonesome Dove and his son, James McMurtry is a singer songwriter. It sounds identical to this. And I don't mean that. It, well, I, I do mean that's criticism. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, like the very I don't best mean this. version no, of this. Shit, I do I mean this. The very best version of this. I mean, I, this is a genre that I like, but like the lower you get on the totem pole for this, like so, for example, and and I think uh, Jeff will know this. Like, there's certain genres 
that I like so much that the 15th best band in that I'm like, still like that. Like, yeah, like keep that. going lower, right. keep going okay. lower. Then there are other genres where I'm like, oh, I like the best version of that. The second best version I can listen to. I haven't even heard of the fifth best. Like I'm just out on the fifth best version right. of it. And basically that's where this genre sits for me. So I like I mean, this. This was fine. Um, but it's not like it, to me, it doesn't touch the James McMurtry stuff. This sounds like Tyler Childers to me is a modern version of it. Uh, and those songs example. are much better. Those, I am actually opinion. shocked that neither of you have heard of Hayes Carl. I'm shocked. Like he's a, well, it's not, he's a fairly yeah. big deal. I know, but you I, have I to be a, a fan of this genre to the point where you're like, I like the 10th best guy in this genre and I'm just not there. What is your number one genre like where you can appreciate the top and you have no patience for the bottom? Who, me? Yeah. This is a, this is a tap, good one. Tap dancing? No, for me, it's reggae. <laughs> oh, reggae's oh, sure, a great sure. one. Bob yeah, Marley, really yep. Burning Spear in Third World, and who? Like, that yeah. is me with reggae, right? Like, right. the fifth best reggae band is... Invis I guess... I mean, and I spent two weeks on the road with Toots and the Maytals, and I'm still that way with reggae. Like, if that right. wasn't going to turn me, nothing was going to. But I'm surprised yeah, so I haven't heard of Hayes Carl as well. He's a major label artist with hundreds of thousands of listens of these songs. But uh, it just slipped Oh, look me. at you doing research in the moment. I love I it. I had to go to YouTube to play it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> huh. All right, I'm going to... How uh, did you find... I mean, like, where, where were you a, accidentally when you heard Hayes Carl? That's a great... <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think that's right? a, I mean, a legitimate question. Because he, here's the thing. Um, it was two years ago where Brian Koppelman had him on his podcast, and I was like, oh, my God, like, two worlds colliding, because I've been a Brian Koppelman fan and a Hayes Carl fan. Uh, he He had a hit during George Bush's presidency where he does a back and forth with a female singer. Mm. Um, if, if you went to Spotify and looked up Hayes Carl right now, Jeff, you would find it would probably be his number one hit. All right, hold on. Either that or she left me for Jesus. And I bet you've heard of this song during the Bush era. Also, I live in California and his twang is significant enough to not make to it not to the buy California in. coast. Well, just like, Guys who sound like that don't tour the Exist. West Coast very often. Yeah. I mean, they just don't come out. Like, he's not gonna, I'm not gonna accidentally see him. Dude, this guy's got half a million monthly listeners, Ben. This is on us. The Love That We Need has 12,600,000 spins on Spotify. Um, go ahead and just play. And Drunket Poet's Dream is the one you were supposed to pick. Although Beaumont's got over, Beaumont's got over 5 million. <laughs> Lessons. Go ahead and uh, start another like you, Jeff. You <laughs> smoking on a cigarette, talking about the deficit, putting all them wild boys down. I mean, holy Christ. Doesn't that sound like Schoolhouse Rock? It's like the Bill got had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the deficit. <laughs> Should you be drinking in front of me? But wait, he's doing that intentionally. <laughs> you're the best tim that's right he is he's playing a role he's being sarcasmic <laughs> this is it i'm shutting down the podcast gentlemen it's been a night i will see you i will see you next wednesday oh we have a special guest next wednesday we do eugene merman the comedian will be oh. joining us 
to pick his favorite song from 2009. Yeah, you got to do right. Yeah. yeah. You make sure you tell him 2009. You start to get a little... I just... I don't want to get a little All right. That's great. I'll talk to you gentlemen later. Adios, man. Well done. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.